0: So, JR, Democratic Governor Tony Evers approved plans last week for the Ho-Chunk Nation to build a large casino and entertainment complex in Beloit. Evers promised in 2018 when he was running for governor that he would approve the project, and it's expected to create thousands of jobs as Wisconsin businesses are recovering from losses because of the coronavirus pandemic. Some details still have to be worked out, but for the most part, this is a done deal. Does this bode well for Evers' re-election prospects if he decides to run for a second term next year? Or could this work against him as the casino project has critics?
1: Uh, it's not looking like the biggest issue that Governor Evers is going to face next fall if he runs. Uh, most people I've talked to think they're, they're kind of focusing more on the challenges for Evers, such as the um, issues with the unemployment insurance program in Wisconsin, delays getting uh, those checks out during the pandemic, um, Kenosha and how he handled the violent protests there. Those kind of the negatives and the positives. You know, um, people seem to be generally okay with how he's handled the, the co- uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And really, it's all about the economy, what's going on in Washington, D.C. If there's a, uh, a good vibe for Democrats next summer, off of what's happened with these COVID bills, if the economy's back on its feet, life's back to normal then that probably plays a bigger role for for Evers than really anything else.
0: The deal between Evers and the Ho-Chunk brought back memories from 2015 when then-Republican Governor Scott Walker rejected the Menominee Tribe's plans to build a massive casino complex in Kenosha. That project was also expected to create thousands of jobs, and the rejection resulted in a lot of hard feelings. By contrast, Governor Evers readily approved plans for the Ho-Chunk to build in Beloit. How does this situation differ from the one in Kenosha?
1: Well, two big things. One, um, the Forest County Pottawatomie, uh, which have their flagship casino there in Milwaukee, um, that tribe was on board with the Ho-Chunk project for Beloit. That's a big difference from uh, back in 2015 when the Pottawatomi had opposed uh, the project in Kenosha. Now, there are a couple reasons for that. One of them is there's a, you know, there's a very sensitive topic among tribes about uh, kind of Territorial lands or ter- treaty lands, you know, lands that had been a treaty to one tribe or another with the federal government years ago. Um, the Potawatomi felt like that area around Kenosha was part of its lands uh, from treaties with the United States government. The Menominee had argued that they had ancestral ties to that, that land. Still, that's a sensitive topic, and part of why the Potawatomi opposed it, along with obviously a project that close to its Milwaukee f- uh, facility, is going to probably cut into the, the profits there. The other thing was um, pre- then-Governor Scott Walker's presidential ambitions played a role, people believe, in the decision about Kenosha. There's still a sense among some people in Kenosha that Governor Walker had promised him he was going to sign off on that project and then backed out. Remember, he announced his opposition to the project right before he spoke with a group of evangelical voters in Iowa as he was looking at running for president. And those voters in Iowa would not have been very happy with uh, somebody who would look to expand gaming. So, you know, the Governor Walker uh, insisted that politics played no role in the decision, but there are other people who don't really believe that. And so you yeah, add those two things together. It's a much different situation than what we had uh, with the Beloit Casino, where, yeah, there were some detractors from it, but the Padawada were on board. Uh, there wasn't really a big um, political pressure about it on Governor Evers, so it's a much different situation than six years ago.
0: Also last week, Governor Evers signed a bill, and it went into effect over the weekend to allow bars and restaurants to serve cocktails to go. It allows for mixed drinks and glasses of wine to be sold for pickup, and it's another effort to mitigate losses that the industry experienced during the pandemic. The bill passed the legislature with bipartisan support, but there were some concerns that Evers wouldn't sign it. Were you surprised that he did, and what were his reasons for approving the measure?
1: Uh, not really surprised. There was overwhelming support for that bill in both houses, um, so I didn't really get a sense the governor's going to spend any political capital on it. And announcing he was signing the bill on Friday, he didn't really go his way to really talk about it. it. was one of 14 that he signed, there are two that he vetoed. And really, I mean, um, this push has been kind of been uh, aided by the whole pandemic impact on bars and restaurants. But, you know, in talking to people, they felt like if this really was a big deal, they would have done it a year ago when the pandemic was kind of just taking hold. But now that it's there now, it, it's a little bit of a help. It's not going to offset the losses that only the bars and restaurants had over the past year in dealing with the pandemic. So it just wasn't really a, a big controversial issue in the Capitol that I could tell.
0: And finally, a couple more barbs were traded last week in the race for Wisconsin school superintendent, but nothing too earth-shattering, and it doesn't look like anyone launched new attack ads. The race pits former Brown Deer Superintendent Deb Kerr against Pecatonica Superintendent Jill Underley. Underley is supported by Democrats, while conservatives back Kerr. The election's being held next Tuesday, April 6th. Where do you see the state of the race at this point?
1: In looking at the the ads run so far, they're heavily tilted in Underley's favor. Um, On Friday, uh, she posted a late contribution report that after the close of the last reporting period before election, candidates have to report large donations. The Democratic Party of Wisconsin gave her $175,000 last week. I believe there's going to be more uh, support from the party detail than her latest finance report, which both candidates have to file things by the end of Monday. It just looks like at this point that the financial advantage is heavily under Lee's favor. The groups doing ads are in her favor, so that all bodes well. Now, one caveat is there are some conservatives who like to point out that um, this race probably isn't put away because you keep seeing ads attacking Deb Kerr. They think that means that this is there's an avenue there yet for Deb Kerr to pull an upset, focusing on that uh, issue about opening schools. is just not a very wide one, especially if you don't have the resources behind you that Underly has. It's just, it's a it's a difficult terrain when you're at a financial disadvantage in a race like that, especially in a low turnout race. There's not much else on in in this ballot next week to, to drive turnout.
0: That's Wispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.